morning, we have the privilege of hearing from Sam Nichols. If you do not know who Sam is, I want to give you a little bit of an introduction to him. Walter and I first met Sam and JC in, um, after Easter 2015. They've lived in the area of Arcadia for over 19 years. And when we met them, we sat down together and they shared with us that the Lord was putting on their heart to start a um, prayer meeting on Friday nights called the Gypsy Prayer Meeting. And it, uh, as we prayed about it and talked about it, they also shared that living in this area, they would drive by this church regularly. And the Lord had said that this was the place. And so when we showed up, we concurred that this was the place. And uh, they began having prayer meetings on Friday night. I believe it was in May of 2015. And uh, they have been meeting here since then. They've hosted a handful of men's gatherings on Friday nights. They have had a few outreaches. They've invited us to be a part of it. And uh, we are believing that it is still only the beginning of what God desires to do, not only in their midst, but partnering us together. We have, we, I don't even want to say we've come to love them. I almost, I would say that probably instantly we kind of fell in love. And um, Walter and I love this family. He has taken us on a journey with them that um, I think we have grown up a bit and even um, understanding what this culture is about. I know that there is more to be learned, and I am so grateful that the Lord has brought you to our midst because I believe that when we received you, we received a gift. And I don't just say that for myself. I know that if Walter was standing here, he would be saying the exact same thing. We love you and your family. And uh, if you are up on Sundays at 12 a.m., I encourage you to turn on KKLA because you could hear Sam live on the radio. And the fact that he still comes to church after doing that is a pure mystery to me, but it tells me about the heart of this man. So will you receive him and the word that he has for us today? Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. And truly, I say from the heart, it is, we fell in love with the Hoffmans also instantly because we knew this was the place we knew that god had a plan and it was on our hearts to be here driving by jc would always tell me that church is special and it didn't look special at the time it looked run down it looked like there was nothing going on here but when the lord told us when this was the first when we were looking for a place to to, to meet this was the first and only place that we called. And uh, I forget the gentleman's name, Ralph. Ralph told me, we're getting a new pastor, so why don't you give it a little while? You'll be here after Easter or during Easter. Give us a call back after Easter. And I, I didn't call anywhere else. And I called back after Easter and met with Pastor Walter and Pastor Michelle, uh, JC and I, and this is where we've been ever since. And it is an honor, it is a privilege, it is a joy to be here, because I've said it before, we are a family. There are different cultures here, 
different people than me, but we are a family. And we hold you all as family. We love you. So thank you for allowing me to be here today. I'm going to borrow Steve's uh, uh, thing here, if Steve doesn't mind. I'll just put this on the, I just need something to put my notes on. And we'll get to the word. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would use me today to bring forth your word. Holy Spirit, take over. And let there be a blessing today for all of us in your word. Holy Spirit, again, take over. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to start off by reminding you what the Bible tells us about the song that we just sang, who we are. I know who I am, and you should know who you are. You are a child of God. You are a precious child of God. You are, the, you are of the redeemed. You are of those who Christ suffered on the cross for. He, yeah, I love the, 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 the uh, scripture in Hebrews that tells us something astounding, something that I, I really can't comprehend. He says, but for the joy set before him, he suffered death on the cross. You are that joy. He remembered, he thought of you when he thought of the cross. And yet for the joy set before him, he suffered that on the cross to redeem you and me. Each one of us was on his mind. And that blows my mind. I, I, can't, I can't comprehend it. That how he would suffer the cross for such a wretch like me. But he suffered that for the joy of being with you, for the joy of having you and his family, for the joy of the intimate relationship he wanted to have and wants to have and desires to continue with each one of us. It's amazing. Our God is amazing. His love for us is amazing. His love for you is amazing. And what I especially wanted to remind you today is that you are special because you are created in the image of God. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, let, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. The Bible also tells us in Psalms 139, 13 and 14, For you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb, and I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. These are amazing statements. God has made each one of us. He created us in his image. And I always wondered, what does that mean? What does it mean that we were created in the image of God? You know, there have been so many theories about that. Well, I've heard, I, and I've literally heard this on, on, on from televangelists. Well, that must mean that God is like six feet tall, weighs about 180 pounds. Uh, he has a hand span of six feet. I mean, he, they gave description of what God looks like because of man, because of what man looks like. But that's not what it means to be made in his image. If you look at a mirror, what do you see? You see an image of yourself. That's not you. Literally, it's two-dimensional. It's only a reflection of you. And that's how God created us. He created us to reflect 
who he is. He gave us what's called his communicable attributes. You know, God is uh, all-powerful, all-knowing. He's all everywhere, all at the same time. Those are his incommunicable. He doesn't share that with anyone. But what he did share with us is reason, self-awareness, the ability to love, the ability to, to figure things out. God made us in his image. He didn't share that with any other of his creation. He only shared that with man. And we can say that today. We are created in his image. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know who I am. Like the song said, I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are unique. You know, there's no one else like you in the world. You are unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, that's not to puff us up or to make us prideful. That's just to know who we are. So we recognize who we are in him. We are created in his image. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. But, but we are not perfect. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're created in his image. We reflect his communicable attributes. But we're not perfect. We are imperfect. Uh, I'm not talking about our sin nature. I'm not talking about our sinfulness. I'm talking about how we were made. You know, the Bible says we've all sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What I'm talking about today is that we have an inherent flaw. Each one of us has an inherent flaw in how we were made. An imperfection. There's something missing in all of us. There's something missing in our souls. Something missing in our heart of hearts. I'd like to illustrate it by telling you a story. My mom, she loved Christmas. And she would really do her best for us as kids at Christmas time. But I remember this one particular Christmas when we woke up, I woke up in the morning, me and my brothers, my sister, and we found our toys. The, 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 you know, she did her best. She, the, 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 there was like, it was Christmas. Santa Claus showed up. There were toys under the, the, under the Christmas tree. And I was having a blast opening up these toys, these wonderful toys, you know, Think, think of your, your childhood when you were a child and you'd wake up Christmas morning and you find something under the tree. It's an amazing thing. So I'm opening these toys. And I, when I was a kid, Batman was a big thing. And I, I remember this toy was like this Batman car thing, whatever. But there was, I was getting ready to, to, to start playing with it. And I'm looking for the batteries. No batteries. Wow. My mom, she forgot the batteries. She didn't read the little thing that says on the box, batteries not included. And that's the title of our sermon today. Batteries not included. You know, I got to tell you, I'll date myself here. Back when I was a kid, you couldn't run out to the 7-Eleven and buy batteries. 
there was no there was no playing with this toy until the next day. You know, looking at this, you know, you're so excited, and then you're looking at this and say, wow, this is great. And it's going to be better tomorrow when the stores open and we can buy batteries. But until then, these things, this, this, this toy had no power. It had no ability to serve its purpose because something was missing. The batteries were not included. We needed batteries for this toy. Now remember, I quoted that we are wonderfully and fearfully created, but we're not perfect. God left us with something missing. We all have a place in our hearts, a place in our souls. We were created or born with a God-sized hole in our hearts with a God-sized hole in our souls. And you know, there's a compartment in that toy that needs the batteries. And there's a part in us, there's a whole a compartment in us, in our, in our hearts, in our souls, that needs God. We need the Lord. Every man, every woman on this earth has a God-sized hole in their heart, has a God-sized hole in their soul, and they, the, the, only he, fits perfectly in that place. Only he can fill it. Look at Ecclesiastics 3.11. Everything is appropriate in its own time. But though God has, listen to this, planted eternity in the hearts of men, even so, many cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. He has planted something in us to know that there is an eternity, that there's a life, that there's something after this world. Every man, every woman in their, in their heart of hearts, in their soul knows that this can't be the only thing in life. He planted the desire and the need for him and his eternity in every one of us. Man cannot escape his need. We can't escape our need for God. We can't escape our dependence on him. We can't escape how much our soul yearns for the eternal God, for eternity, for something more than, than just this life. We need him to fill this hole in our soul. Even nature, even nature, even creation speaks to us that there is a God. That there's someone, something, that there's someone more than just the, this world and who we are. In Romans 1.18 and 20 it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppose the truth, who suppress the truth, forgive me, in unrighteousness. Listen to this. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. There's that hole that I'm talking about. It's evident within them. It's within all of us. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made. 
so that they are without excuse. God's existence is clear. God's existence is evident in nature, in creation, in our souls. He placed it within us. He put that God-sized hole in our hearts, in our souls, just like the manufacturer of that toy puts a battery-sized compartment in that toy because that toy needs power. That toy needs energy. That toy needs something more than itself. And we need something more than ourselves in our life. We need the power of God. We need the, 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 the life of God living in us. We need the Holy Spirit more than we know. We really do need him more than we understand. And I want us to understand that. I want us to have a hunger, a yearning, a desire to fill that hole every day. Because every day that hole gets filled when we seek him, when we desire him, when we look for him. Amen? Man inherently longs for his creator. Think about this. How is it that man has morals? Where do morals come from? It's inherently placed in our hearts, in our souls. Almost every culture in the world knows inherently. They don't have to be taught that murder is wrong. Killing a child is wrong. Stealing is wrong. These are inherent morals that the, that the Lord has placed within us. So that's another evidence that God has created us in, certain, in a certain way. These morals may differ from culture to culture, but they're basically all the same. The same God implanted moral laws within us. He also implanted in us a need for him in our innermost being. A God-sized and God-shaped hole in our souls. God-sized and God-shaped so that only he can fill it. Only he can satisfy the need in our soul and in our heart for that which we do not understand or comprehend. He has made this, the, 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 the place in our hearts and our souls in such a special way that only he can satisfy it. Only he can fill it. The problem is that man has since forever been trying to fill the God-sized hole, the God-shaped hole, with other things. Man is constantly trying to fill that hole, to fill that place in his heart. And it cannot be done. It cannot be achieved. Man has tried every form, every earthly pleasure, everything to fill this hole, stuffing it with everything, this and that, and all, whatever is available on the earth, and you can't do it. Man has tried with wealth, with money. You know, what does a, what is a, a, a millionaire need? What is somebody, somebody who has a million dollars, what do they need? Another million. How much is enough? A little more. Greed has filled the heart of man, but it can't stop. How many times have we heard that people who win the lottery, they win millions of dollars, and then within a year they're miserable, they're broke, or something happened. Wealth is not going to satisfy the need in our souls. Fame. When I think, when I hear fame, I think of celebrities. 
How many times have we heard celebrities that, com- that have everything in the world? They have money. They have houses. They have everything. They can, they, and they kill themselves. They commit suicide because they, there's a God-sized hole that needs to be filled. You know, I, I hear a lot about uh, uh, Steve McQueen. He had everything. He was, a, he was the coolest guy in the 60s. Everybody wanted to be cool like Steve McQueen. And he, he drove uh, fast cars. He, he lived the celebrity life, but he wasn't satisfied. Greg Laurie wrote a book, made a movie, how not long before he died, he filled that God-sized hole. He filled that God-sized hole because he went to church. He sat up in a balcony so that nobody would notice him. And he got touched by the Holy Spirit and he received God. And his biggest regret was that he couldn't do more to tell people how God satisfied him, how he found everything he needed, he wanted. The man even flew airplanes. He learned how to be, he tried to fill that hole with so many different things. But the only thing that satisfied him was when he met the Lord, when he received the Lord in a little church in Ventura uh, on the coast of, of California here. But it's the truth. Only God can fill this God-sized hole, this God-sized need. You know, people try and fill this hole with fame. I said fame. With, with power. And when I think of power, I think of these politicians, you know, who are, who are, who are desperate to be in office, desperate to be in power. Desperate to, well, power is not going to make it. Power is not going to satisfy this, this need in our souls. Knowledge and wisdom, I think of the philosophers, the Greek philosophers, the Greek culture of ancient times, how they tried to, to satisfy their life, how they were known as philosophers and knowledge. You know, the first academy, the first college, the first was, was, was in Greece. You know, it can't be done. Knowledge and wisdom isn't going to satisfy it. Homes and cars and parties and alcohol and drugs, it's not going to satisfy this hole in our soul. I had a guy last night on the radio who called in. He was desperate to get off of alcohol. The Christian. And he was asking for prayer to get off of alcohol because alcohol couldn't satisfy the need in his soul. He tried, he's tried for years. He's been an alcoholic for years. But he knows he needs to get off the alcohol. Drugs. The worldly pleasures are not going to satisfy this need. I think Solomon said it the best. Ecclesiastics, the second chapter. He says, I collected for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I provided for myself male and female singers and the pleasures of men, many concubines. Then I became great and increased more than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. My wisdom also stood by me. All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because of all my labor, and this was my reward for all my labor. Thus, I considered all my activities which my hands had done and the labor which I had exerted And behold, all was vanity. In other words, for vanity, it's empty. All was vanity. All was emptiness. And striving after the wind. And there was no profit under the sun. 
You talk about wealth, talk about fame, talk about power, talk about knowledge and wisdom, talk about palaces and homes. You know, today's cars, then it was, might have been chariots, parties, wine. Solomon had it all. Solomon did it all. He had everything under the sun, every pleasure there was. And what did he count it at the end of his life? When he, when he took account of everything, he counted it as emptiness. Because none of that could fill the God-sized hole in his heart. Only God can fill it. Only God can satisfy it. All through Ecclesiastics, Solomon writes of the vanity, the emptiness, the valuelessness of earthly pleasure. Earthly pleasure, vis-a-vis sin, does not, will not, will never fulfill or satisfy anyone. The Bible even tells us that sin might satisfy uh, for, for, uh, uh, for a season, but it's emptiness. It brings destruction. The wages of sin is death. What do we earn? What do we receive when we live a life of, of practicing sin? Death and destruction. Earthly pleasure or sin will never, never satisfy anyone. It's not going to happen. The very opposite is true. And I just, I just quoted it. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23. Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Ezekiel 18.20. The person who sins will die. So all this sounds like doom and gloom. But there's a hopeful answer here. What is the answer? What is the message today? What is the word that I want to bring to you? What is the word that God wants to say to his people today? There is an answer. There is an answer. And the answer is simple. And the answer is one word. Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the God of all creation. Jesus is the one who can fill the hole in our hearts. Jesus is the one who satisfies our life. Jesus is the one who fills us with joy. Jesus is the one. He's the answer. Every trouble, every problem, every situation in this world, everything in this world can be answered, can be solved with one word, one person, and that is Jesus. We have trouble, we have problems. But we look to the hills. We look to the hills. We look up. We don't look around. We don't look to the right or to the left. We don't look down or behind us. We don't look forward. We look up. Because the answer is up. The answer is when we pray. The answer is when we seek. We look to the hills. We look up. Where does our help come? Our help comes from the Lord. He is our help. He is our ever-present help. He is all we need. He is everything we need. The answer to every situation, every circumstance, every problem in the world is Jesus. We need to stop trying to find fulfillment in creation and start finding fulfillment in the creator. The creator is who we need. The one who created us in his image is who we need, is what we need. Only God can fill the void, the hole in our souls. He created us in that way so that we would search for him. He created us in a way that we would have a need, that we would have, have to search for him. Why is it that almost every culture in the world, every people in the world, have some idea of a God? 
everybody has an idea of a God. The ancient Egyptians, they knew that there was a God. They'd call him Ra. The Indian culture, the Hindus, they had an idea of a God. His name is Vishnu, uh, Vishnu or I forget what it is. But any, every culture, they all, everybody's looking for God. But Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's why I say, the answer is simple, it's Jesus. The answer is Jesus. Only God can fill, only Jesus can fill the hole in our souls. He created us in a way that we would have to search for him. He wants us to search for him. And you know, I love the, 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 the scripture that in Jeremiah 29, 12, it says, when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me, declares the Lord. And I love that it says, declares the Lord. That's a promise. That's a promise. You can write that in stone, that when you search for him, you will find him. When you search for him with all your heart. That's a promise. And I like to say, you can write that in stone. Like the Ten Commandments was written in stone. You can write that in stone because it's declared by the Lord. Psalm 70 Verse 4 says, let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. And let those who love your salvation say continually, let God be magnified. He called you, he, he left a hole in your heart. He left a hole in your soul so that when you search for him, you would find him. And when you find him, you would magnify him. He desires you and me to worship, to magnify the Lord. Let God be magnified and let him be magnified through us, through the Hills Church, through each and every one of his children, through each and every one who calls upon the name of the Lord. And then Psalm 37, 4 and 5 says, delight yourself in the Lord. Let him be your delight. Let him be the one that you search for on a daily basis to fill that hole in our hearts and our souls. Let him be the one to fill us with joy, to delight our souls. And what does it say? And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do it. He will do it. He's a God of his word. I forget, I forget where it is, Habakkuk or Hosea, where God says, I honor my word above my name. He honors his word. That's why I can say, write it in stone. If God says it, write it down. So it is a fact. It is something, it's a, it's, a, it's a hope, a fact, and not of opinion. You can rely, you can trust on his word because he's a God who honors his word even above his name. Amen? A God-sized, God-shaped hole can only be filled by an awesome-sized, awesome-shaped God. He's awesome. He's awesome. He comes down and he fills us with him. He doesn't send something else. He doesn't send someone else. He came down himself to give us life, to give us hope, to fill that emptiness, to fill that void, and he will do it because he is 
an awesome God. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this with you today. You know, it's an honor because, you know, anybody who, who gets up here and preaches or teaches has an awesome opportunity because the Word of God doesn't just satisfy for a day. The Word of God satisfies for our life. He makes a difference in our life. You know, you could teach somebody to play a guitar, and that might change their life. But the Word of God can change their destiny. The Word of God changes our destiny, changes where we will spend eternity. And I love that about the, the being able to, to share His Word, because we have the opportunity to change destinies. You have that opportunity to change someone's destiny. Share with them. Share with them that there's a God-sized hole that only, only God can do it. Only God can fill it. Tell somebody there's a God in heaven who loves them. Tell somebody that God can fill that void. God can fill that emptiness. God can satisfy their soul. Share that with somebody. And you have the opportunity by the power of the Holy Spirit to change somebody's destiny. Amen? Thank you so much. God bless you, and I hope you enjoyed the sermon. I'm going to put Steve's thing back here. While he was preaching, thank you, Sam, uh, and he was talking about a God-sized hole, I know I tell you that sometimes I go old school with the worship and praise uh, music that I listen to, and uh, sometimes I like to go a little Andre Crouch on you. And uh, there's a song that he would sing uh, with his sister, and it was called, Jesus is the Answer for the World Today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. If you haven't heard it, all you need to do is just do a little Google search and check it out because there is no other answer. No other answer. And whether you are a sinner outside and you've got that God-sized hole that needs to be filled, or you're a believer and you're walking through things that there is just an emptiness on the inside, you've got, oh, I love how the lyrics of that song describe it. You have a mountain in front of you that you think you cannot climb. Jesus still is the answer. He's always been the answer. He's the only answer. I love that we are a church that desires for people to find the answer. This past week when I was in Tennessee, I was in the green room, and this gentleman, he pastors in a city a little ways from here, and he and I were talking, and Tom looked at me and said, Michelle, aren't you guys that church? And I love it when they say that church. Aren't you guys that church that has all those different churches in it? You got Chinese, and I said, yes, we have a Chinese congregation and a Spanish congregation and an English congregation and a gypsy congregation. And I love to be able to say that because what it tells me is the heart of our church beats for people to fill a God-sized hole, not just in what I look like and what you look like and what you look like or what you look like, but we desire for people to fill that God-sized hole 
in all the people around us. So I ask you today, if you have something on the inside that's just like, you know what, Michelle, I, I know Jesus, but there's something going on that there's an emptiness and there's a void that I just cannot move past. I invite you to the answer. And his name is Jesus. Just like the passage that was read in Jeremiah. If you search for me with all your heart, you will, you will find him, declares the Lord. I love that you pointed that out. Declares the Lord. So I declare over you this morning, you will find him. He will be found by you when you search for him. And if you need prayer this morning, I invite you to come up so that we can pray, pray with you to seek him. Will you stand with me as we worship? And then I'll come back up. That uh, doesn't matter where you are. You have an opportunity to minister to people. It doesn't matter if it's in the grocery store line, you know, at the mall the drive-through, whatever it might be. You know, you just might be part of the peace that fills that God-sized hole in somebody else. As I was walking through the hotel we were at this last week, it was a big place, and there were lots of different groups there. And it was late, and I was with the group, and we were going to get something to eat. It was probably 11.30 at night. And I'm walking, and this lady passes me on my left. And as she went this way, the Lord said, tell her that she's beautiful. I was like, oh, I'm tired. just am tired. Tell her that she's beautiful. And so the group keeps walking and I turn around and I start going the other way and I catch up with her and I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, ma'am, he said, you're beautiful. She just looks at me and the tears come. She said, thank you. Welcome. Have a good night. Went my way. And the group, they had turned to see where I went. <laughs> Maybe they thought the rapture came. Who knows? <laughs> I said, what are you doing? I'm all, Jesus wanted her to know she was beautiful. They're all, oh, oh, let's keep going. <laughs> We're heading to Jack Daniels for dinner. <laughs> we just had chicken, that's all. But my point is this, you have no idea the people that are walking around you all day long that have a compartment that needs to be filled. And I encourage you this week to be listening to the Lord. He just might tell you to look and go and find somebody walking around you and tell them that they're beautiful. They just might need to know. Amen. If you need prayer, I encourage you to come up. I would love to be able to pray with you.